welcome to our fourth episode of Community Reimagined. The purpose of this show is to talk about what's happening in our community, the problems that we're seeing, and highlighting the change makers who are creating the solutions and making a difference right here in Greater Chattanooga. Here at United Way, we believe that everyone, no matter the zip code you're born into or the challenge or disability you face, that everyone can achieve their full human potential through pathways of education, health and well-being, and financial stability. And that's why we believe it's so important to dive into conversations like we're having here today with Hamilton County's Superintendent, Dr. Brian Johnson. About a year ago, the pandemic made its way to Greater Chattanooga, and it's no secret that our Hamilton County, um, Hamilton County schools were hit hard, impacting the lives of our students, teachers, and faculty. So today we're really honored to sit down with Dr. Johnson to reflect on the past year, how the pandemic has impacted the lives of our students. And Dr. Johnson, it's great to have you. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Thank you for having me. Well, it's been, um, I have to say personally, a blessing to serve with you in the time that you've been in Chattanooga. Um, how many years has it been now? So this is the fourth school year and it'll be four complete years uh, in late June, early July. So almost four years. Awesome, awesome, and we've definitely seen such progress um, in our schools since you since you moved here to, to Chattanooga and to Hamilton County. But before we dive in, um, we want to get to know you beyond your role as superintendent. So tell us a little bit more just about you as father, husband, um, yeah. and as Brian. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm the product of two uh, phenomenal parents, uh, both of whom were uh, first generation uh, college going um, uh, students. And uh, my mother was a social worker and, and caretaker, uh, one of the first blacks to integrate the University of South Carolina. And my father was one of nine children. I uh, grew up in, um, you know, a, a, a setting that um, had extreme financial challenges and poverty, frankly, uh, and, and, you know, overcame the odds. And so they really instilled in us the importance of hard work and serving others. And uh, that's what uh, I've uh, aspired or tried to do in, in my career. Um, I'm a man of strong faith and uh, I'm blessed to have a phenomenal wife that's much more talented than I am. Uh, two great kids, uh, one of which is still in uh, the system as a third grader, and uh, and one a, a, a recent, in the last couple of year graduate of uh, of the district. So um, I get the privilege of uh, of of having a, a very normal home life where uh, I try to shuffle uh, my my son to practices and. Uh, I'm like many parents uh, when I have time, a professional chauffeur uh, yep. for him. And uh, and then, you know, I, I do what my wife tells me as well. So uh, so uh, I, I get that privilege on a on a day to day basis. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We are professional chauffeurs in our house, too. You know, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing about your family. Um, mm -hmm. I always say I'm such a believer that none of us are self-taught or self-made. You know, we are literally the product of those who into our lives and, and impacted us. And now that's what you're doing for, what, 45,000 of our kids in Hamilton yeah. County Schools. Um, so, so talk a little bit about this journey over the past several years. You know, Brian, what, um, you know, what, what perhaps about this pre-pandemic has been um, a real blessing or surprise to you? Well, I think, you know, when I always try to 
bring light to the fact that, you know, as superintendent, uh, you you serve uh, at the will of a nine member body or seven member body or five member body, whoever your school board is. And um, I, I have the privilege of having a phenomenal school board that's uh, really uh, focused on keeping children at the center of, uh, you know, every decision. And, uh, and I think that's, that's where it all starts, right? Uh, okay. Coming in and, uh, you know, we worked really hard to establish a strategic direction, Future Ready 2023, which really outlines uh, where we want to head in our areas of focus. Uh, and we've tried to really elevate that across the community uh, and be really clear about where we want to go uh, and how we can get there together. Uh, you know, there's a, a phrase, collective efficacy, that uh, we believe is extremely uh, important. And, you know, uh, we see in large part that uh, we are a collectively efficacious community. And regards to the things that we've been able to accomplish uh, as a as a community. And so, I, you know, I always elevate that as well, that there's nothing that uh, we've accomplished uh, in isolation or uh, separate and apart from, you know, really the community as a whole. And so, um, you know, the pre-pandemic, we, we've had a lot of forward momentum and progress and uh, are really excited that we are beginning, we think, to see some light at the end of the uh, COVID-19 tunnel. So mm -hmm. that's where we are. That's good. That's great. Well, I have to say, um, sitting in on the first floor right now of the United Way, I'm, I'm taken back to March 13th. This phone call comes in on my cell phone from someone in your, um, on your team. And I'll never forget that moment. I answer the phone and, and one of your, um, someone on your leadership team has called to say, hey, Leslie, um, calling on behalf of Dr. Johnson, we think that we're going to need to shut the schools down for a couple of weeks. And so help us, can, you, can the United Way help us think through the gaps and the potential unforeseen problems that might occur with a school shutdown, you know, between now and spring break. And, um, and, and that moment is seared in my memory forever for several reasons. Um, one, because it was one of those moments where, you know, just struck me that that's great leadership when a crisis hits, right? Yeah. Good leaders think, okay, who are the thought partners that we can gather together to figure out where the, where the um, blind spots might be? how do we pull community around around our children and our schools but but too because that began a much greater time frame than we ever anticipated so i've asked myself this question a thousand times so now i'm going to ask you if you could turn back the clock to that day march 2020 and talk yeah. to yourself what would you tell yourself what would you say yeah. i think you kind of alluded to it right um you know, at the time, I, I think about how naive we were, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, you, there's there's a great pride in being an American and, you know, who we are and all of the brilliant, you know, uh, medical experts and scientists, et cetera, that we have. And so, you know, when it first hit, I said, oh, this is a, you know, a, a couple week uh, type of situation. We'll we'll throttle down for a couple of weeks and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll get this thing under control and, you know, med medical experts will figure it out and then we'll be we'll be right back uh, at it, you know, and um, I think if I could talk to myself uh, back then, I, I definitely would have been uh, really pivoting, thinking more about the long term, the fact that, you know, this is and has been a pandemic uh, that has um, absolutely, um, you know, challenged every facet of, 
you know, our community uh, and the way we operate as as people. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, it, it, when I go back and think about it, we were thinking, you know, I've seen those conversations about uh, the short term needs. Um, but the mm -hmm. truth is that there will be long term lasting impacts uh, in regards to what's transpired as a result of the pandemic. So I think if I, you know, turn back the hands of time, uh, that would just be the thought to, to really, uh, you know, step back and say, okay, this could be a while and, uh, and what are the implications uh, of it and, and how might we uh, address it uh, knowing that uh, we've got a daunting task ahead. Mm -hmm. No doubt. In fact, um, several just months later, I walked back into the room where we had that first conversation with your team and it reminded me of like Pompeii. We had sticky notes all over the wall, looking at food and yeah. education and digital. And, and, and then of course, 48 hours later, those meetings started happening on Zoom every morning as a community-wide task force. And it was incredible to see how, of course, how quickly your team um, acted, but also how quickly the community um, engaged in, in figuring out how to feed 45,000 kids and, um, and, and teaming up around digital learning with the HCS Connect. Um, what has, how has your thinking changed in terms of what it means for how community engages with education? What's different now? You know, I, I, I think we always knew we have the benefit in, in, uh, in Hamilton County and Chattanooga. We, um, you know, what I found is that it is a very collaborative community, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think everybody goes back and uh, I often hear uh, the phrase, the Chattanooga way, you know, yeah. and yeah, you think about all the, you know, revitalization, all that's happened here uh, over the last many years. Uh, you know, I, I think for us more than anything, it has elevated, uh, you know, really the importance of accelerating so many of the community relationships that we've, uh, we've had, right? And so, you know, you, you really don't uh, realize what uh, benefit and what what really level of support we have as uh, a public school system until you get in those moments. And so, you know, I think for us, we want to maintain and sustain and, and, and move uh, even forward more aggressively with, you know, whether it's faith-based, uh, obviously you all United Way, all, all of the uh, philanthropic, you know, all of the different entities and organizations, all of them are levers uh, that we want to be even more intentional with pulling to make sure that we do the most for our children uh, in the days ahead. Absolutely. And, and I, I think something that was really clear to me working with, with, with you all during the pandemic was coordination is key. There's a lot of levers, but when it's not coordinated, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah. it's chaos, right? So yeah. alignment and coordination that requires yeah. real time, constant, yeah. you know, communication and data. And then um, also just the value of innovation. I mean, nothing brings out innovation like a crisis. And so, um, so things like virtual learning centers, uh, which was amazing, it was amazing to me to see, you know, these learning pods pop up all around the community to support our kids in out of school time. And, and what, what other innovations did you see happen or things that just surprised you at how um, public private partnerships came together or the community rose up? Are there any particular stories that just blew your mind? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the one that really um, is probably most significant that we, you know, talked a good bit about, but I don't even know that um, even our community at large has uh, the level of appreciation that maybe we should uh, for it is uh, the HCSA Connect. And mm -hmm. so, 
You know, when we think about uh, the pandemic, we think about the digital divide. Uh, the digital divide was a conversation that was transpiring pre-pandemic, right? It's right. been going on for years. Um, right. And, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, we're in a day and age where, you know, broadband access is, we're right because it's a utility almost. It's you know, a it's almost like, It is, you know, it's, it's like water need. and heat. Absolutely. And uh, if you can't be connected, you can't progress and move forward. And so, mm -hmm. you know, being able, uh, literally, I remember walking into David Wade, the CEO at APB's uh, office, right as we uh, closed uh, the official school calendar in May, and uh, just saying, hey, can I come talk to you? Because they had done some work with sending up some Wi-Fi hotspots across the county, right. uh, 25 or 30 hotspots that kids could go to. And, uh, and I said, hey, can, I just want to follow up. And, and we spent about 30 minutes and I said, David, you know, we, we just need to try to work and figure out a way that our kids that are in economic disadvantaged situations and that don't have access can, can get access. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you know, we have a team put together, you have a team put together and, and let's pull some other partners in. We'll figure it out. And, and yeah. that's, that's, that statement is really the spirit of Hamilton County, Chattanooga, whether it's partnerships with, you know, EPB or United Way. And, and literally in the matter of, you know, about 60, 90 days, uh, we were able to, you know, um, determine how to get Wi-Fi broadband access to every economically disadvantaged household in our school system. So yeah. it has the potential of impacting 28,500 students. And what I really love about the thinking of, you know, Chattanooga and Hamilton County is, uh, you know, we didn't approach it from a Band-Aid approach. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just about let's fix it in this moment. Uh, you know, the solution that uh, came forward is a decade-long solution. Uh, and uh, yeah. and and I think it'll be even well beyond that. So you know the 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 leaders and 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 all those that are in in our regular collaborations, uh, you know, are always thinking about um, you know that legacy work that's beyond just their tenures. How do we really change and transform our community at large? So that would be the one I would elevate. That's yeah. that's like an exemplar, I think, for other communities as well. It's huge. I mean, it is huge. And when those visions catch hold, it's amazing yeah. to see how people follow. I mean, we had just the tiniest role in it, administering the CARES Act and getting yeah. to, to, to send some dollars that way just through mm -hmm. facilitating that. But it's, it's been amazing. And so when you think about the change then, you know, in virtual learning, you guys were already teed up to, to, yeah. to be ready um, yeah. to respond more quickly to this, to this need um, when the pandemic hit. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. Just just what it has meant for children and their families to be home learning in this pandemic, and what that has meant for kids and their their mental health and and yeah. toxic stress and and learning. Um, yeah. As a parent, I can be vulnerable and say that there were moments in the spring. Yeah. I, like my my appreciation for teachers is just yes. through the roof because i was yeah. my kids were crying i was crying the whole house is crying we're all doing yeah. the best we can um what what are what what are you seeing in terms of just our children's learning and yeah. um your concerns around that or maybe the bright spots around that yeah so i think it's both and right and and, and so i think you've got a situation where obviously there have been innovations and digital divides closed and you know, our, our school board had done a great job of, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the preparation too. we had invested in, um, you know, a lot of the uh, resources that were going to be necessary that, you know, if, if 
by pivoting to having that broadband access, uh, we were ready to go with things like Chromebooks and learning management systems and digital resources. So our kids had access to those things. And so we were able to, you know, take off with broadband. It was just kind of flip the switch and, and being able to go. And then our teachers really did a, an amazing job uh, as we throttled down from March through the end of the year mm -hmm. of beginning to pivot their thinking around how we deliver, uh, you know, instruction to students. But I think to your point, uh, as a parent myself of a student in my vulnerability, what I really recognize is that uh, there is no better place. Uh, if, 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 if there's nothing else that's been clearer, uh, in my opinion, there's no better place for a student than uh, with a highly skilled and trained teacher. Yes. And, uh, and it was the, really the impetus for us, uh, you know, really trying to determine how do we make sure on August the 12th that we're able to open our doors and get yep. school open. Uh, because we know there are significant, you know, across our community, we're a very diverse community. You know, we've got urban, mm -hmm. suburban, rural. I tell people all the time, we've got mountains and valleys. We've got the whole shebang when you yeah. come to Hamilton County. And and as a result of that, you have varying degrees of family engagement and involvement. And 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 that in and of itself creates, uh, you know, sometimes learning challenges for different students. Because, you know, if I'm a parent that has a job that... I don't have the flexibility, I have to be on the front lines, uh, then I have to determine another way to make sure that my child is progressing in a virtual environment. And, That's right. and if I don't have that support, it makes it tough. So, you know, I, I, I absolutely has been the impetus for us really pushing for on-campus learning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so important for us. And, you know, our United Way has been so focused on supporting families, especially our Alice households, our asset limited income constrained employed, which, you know, essentially our working families, most of which have young children at home, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And so much of that is our kids being in school and supported and out of school time yeah. and, um, and, and ensuring that they're being, that they can meet basic needs at home. Um, have you, what is your thought around um, just what you've seen happen with children whose families were already stressed financially um, now that schools have opened back up um, in terms of um, just financial strain at home? Have you seen any, any changes there just anecdotally or perhaps through the data? Yeah, I, I think anecdotally, um, you know, so, so a couple of things are working. You've got, you know, the fact that obviously the federal government has uh, done some things through, uh, you know, different acts at the federal level to try to support families. Um, but the truth is that uh, there are many, many households in our system across our community uh, that you're just, you know, decimated uh, yeah. because of the pandemic. And, uh, and, and it impacted, you know, employers' ability to, you know, support when you think about, you know, restaurants and um, hotel industries and some of those, uh, some of those different, uh, you know, industries and areas, uh, you know, that, you know, it's, it's been a challenging time. And so yeah. many of our parents are employed uh, in those places and spaces. And so as a result, you know, it impacts children. So every program, every uh, resource that's able to be pointed back, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, the importance of, um, of, of providing food, uh, you don't yeah. realize from a school system standpoint, you know, yes, we teach and learn is, is learning is our, our primary objective. But, you know, I remember riding a bus this summer and delivering, uh, mm -hmm. you know, some food to uh, one of our, you know, um, housing areas. And, 
you know, the, the excitement and the joy, the appreciation that parents had for receiving uh, the yeah. most basic of necessities during a very difficult time. Uh, just really uh, elevated to me the importance of, you know, obviously trying to get back to school, uh, but the importance of what we do every day as a community yeah. in providing uh, the resource of public education. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then the resource of public education and the network of support Absolutely. around our community from employers to the yeah. nonprofit to the faith community toward just that's being right. neighbors, right? That's exactly, That's exactly right. right. Well, Dr. Johnson, you all have done an incredible job of, of leading and serving so well through this, this, wild, um, this wild season. And we are so grateful for your leadership. Um, tell me, tell us this, just as we kind of wrap, wrap this time up together. Um, for, for those who are listening to this podcast, whether it's a student or it's a parent, volunteer, just a member of our community, um, what is a next step um, that someone can take just as we continue to navigate this uncertainty of the future? What is a word of hope? Because I know you see it every day. You know, that yes, we've had challenges throughout this year, but that when you walk into our schools and you still see hope in our children's eyes and the learning that's progressing and teachers who are still sparked every day by, um, by their classrooms and the progress we're making, what, what message would you have to, to someone who's listening today? Uh, I think that word that you uh, said, that that hope, right? Um, I've got great hope in what I see and what I've uh, what I've seen over the course of this pandemic. The, the resilience of our <clears throat> teachers, leaders, and and students. I mean, students have been so resilient. Uh, you know, they they want uh, in large part to be in school and on campus and to be around peers and and learning is taking place. And I think, you know, one of the things we have to be very careful about is I know there's a lot of conversation about learning loss. Um, I heard a, an interesting quote, which I can't quote, but I'll paraphrase. And, and, mm -hmm. and basically somebody had said, you know, that everybody has been through this pandemic. And so, you know, pivoting our thinking to a growth minded approach where we think about learning acceleration. Uh, how do we accelerate learning for students? <clears throat> how do we really accelerate our supports for families? Um, how do we accelerate meeting, uh, you know, all of those basic needs that can, can really help move uh, the needle in regards to, to what's there. And so um, I think this is a moment and opportunity. And I'll just end by <clears throat> sharing a, a, a great sort of hope. Uh, we, we've elevated quite a bit a young man named Kobe Rivers who attends Brainerd High School in our, in our system. Uh, and, um, and obviously we, we, you know, if you're part of our community, you know, Brainerd is a, is a school that has high concentrations of poverty. And you think about all the challenges that are there. Uh, well, this young man is a part of one of our future ready institutes. And because of a partnership, a community partnership with Crystal Air, uh, he is probably one of the first, if not the first, uh, licensed pilot, uh, that's a student, uh, you know, in our school <laughs> district. And, you know, I think about flying, you know, I think about, you know, how significant that is, uh, for a student, but really in the midst of a pandemic, uh, it just gives great hope. Uh, and, and it just shows that when we come together, anything, anything is absolutely possible. So I'm excited about the days ahead because let's say I really, feel like uh, we've learned a lot. Uh, we've grown. Tough times grow you. And I yeah. believe we've grown as a community and, and I'm excited for, you know, just what's going to happen. I could not agree more, Dr. Johnson. Um, you know, we've had such momentum. We've accomplished through this time of pain. I think we've really turned it into power and momentum um, for our community. And we've accomplished more in a tight time frame 
that, that we could have in, in 10 years. So it shows me it can be done, yeah. that we can do it. We yeah. just have got to have a, keep the urgency yeah. and the, um, keep the urgency for our children and, the, yeah. and, the, um, and, and for this type of intentional partnership that we've, that we've begun. Agreed. And it's called a community. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for being part of this conversation with us today and for your service, um, not just to our community and our kids, but to the United Way. Um, I failed to mention early on that you're a member of our board of directors. I probably should have uh, said that. So thank you for that <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate Dr. Serve. appreciate all that United Way does for our community. Um, well, such a are. great partner, such a resource. Well, we are, we are certainly um, here, here to serve and partner in any way that we can. And, and to our community and to our listeners, we really hope that you enjoyed this fourth episode of Community Reimagined. We hope that you found a new way to be a change maker. And if you're finding us on Spotify, make sure to listen and like and subscribe. And to learn more about United Way of Greater Chattanooga, go to www.unitedwaycha.org to find out how you can give, advocate, or volunteer.